praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Won't you stretch your hands this way one more time? Let's pray for them. Hallelujah. We want them. Hallelujah. Don't stop nobody from getting their blessing today. Get what you need today. Get what you need in this house today. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I tell you, God will do it. God's going to do it. Hallelujah. Give him one more hand clap of praise in this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to say this morning, uh, first of all, on Welcome all of our our visitors that are with us today. Let's give our visitors a hand. Hallelujah. We appreciate you being here. We love you. Thank you for coming and and worshiping with us today. Hope you know that you're always welcome. All of our college students that are here today, we love you and appreciate you being here with us always. I know it's hard, their schedules or, or, or such that have to miss sometimes not be here but I'm so glad to see them when they are here and uh, it's just a, a wonderful day a special day because it's the day we're in the house of the Lord it makes it special and uh, I know uh, that uh, we come looking for God to move and bless and, and I know that he will while you're standing I'll read this scripture if you'll stand with us this morning just for one one verse of scripture we'll stand I'll read this and I'll let you be seated. I want to preach to you for a little bit. I had this prepared for last week and I didn't just leave it in the oven so I could pick it up this week, but I felt like God held it for a week. He took over last week. Uh, Last week, Brother Mike Sweet said something about uh, purpose when he was doing the prayer mat on me talked about that and I thought all right I said he's right on my message and I said I'm going I know I'm right place but God took over last week and I I feel like it just wasn't the time but I feel like today we'll be able to receive this and be blessed by it you're going to be encouraged in Jesus name Acts 23 and 11 says this the apostle Paul this is his story we talked about him some this morning Sunday school lesson and the the man recording his story makes this statement here and the night following the Lord stood by him and said be of good cheer Paul for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem so must thou bear witness also at Rome I want to preach for just a few minutes to you on this subject preserved for my purpose preserved for my purpose would you pray with me for just a moment thank you for your word God let your anointing be in everything that's said and done from this point forward let our hearts receive it help me to feed your people today that we can all be blessed, changed and made better be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name and everyone would say amen and give a hand clap and shout to God. Y'all be encouraged that God's going to take care of you. God's going to preserve you for your purpose. Hey, you got a purpose, young man, young lady. Older saints, you still got a purpose in the house of God. And no matter what's trying to stop you today, God's going to take care of you. It's his desire to see it come to pass in Jesus' name. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing and worshiping so good today. Thank you to our music and our uh, uh, singing today. Just a wonderful job as always. I don't want to ever take them for granted because uh, you just don't get that everywhere you go. And I'm just not here to compare. I'm just saying I'm glad of what we got. Praise the Lord. 
When we are uncertain, nobody likes to be uncertain. You ever watch these shows where a guy's disarming a bomb and there's like eight colored wires and he's only got to cut one of them to stop it, but any other one he cuts will set it off. And it always happens, you know, that you, you can see the timer and it's getting down. It's, it's 30 seconds, it's 15 seconds, and he's sweating and his cutters are going back and forth and back and forth and he's hanging on the wire. And he, one thing for sure, that's the man that you don't want being uncertain if you're in the room with him. A man that's fixing to open your chest up and work on your heart, you don't want him to be uncertain about what he's doing. You, this, you want it. I don't want him thinking, now, do I cut this way or that way? I, it ought to be automatic. I, you know, we like to be certain. And that doesn't apply to anything any more greatly than to our walk with God. We want to be certain. We pray for uh, God. As just prayed a while ago for a couple in here for uh, people that, uh, Lord, give us wisdom. Give us guidance. We want your will. And, and we want to know, God, what? you want us to do and when we're uncertain and confused or if we're at a standstill there is nothing absolutely nothing more wonderful it's nice when people come up and say hey you're going to make it that helps us but there is nothing more wonderful than when God reveals a purpose in you when God speaks into your life and assures you it's going to be fulfilled it's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. Yes, it takes a level of trust on our part, but you've got to remember this. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Now, that doesn't mean that, that okay, well, he'll just move me around wherever he wants me, just like a puppet, you know. No. And he, he said, Here's, I'm speaking what is, should happen and what will happen as long as you trust me. There's been a lot of purpose spoken into people's lives that goes unrealized because they stopped walking and they stopped following and they stopped believing. But when you will hold on to God and hold on to the word of God and hold on to the promise of God and keep serving the Lord faithfully, God will perform that thing that he spoke into your life. I'm going to tell you, Paul was in a storm. He was in a ship that was being tossed all over the place. And he had been in it a while because it said the night following, the Lord stood by him. So he went through a little time maybe where he wondered, where's the Lord? He went through a time of night, a night season in the storm, where's God? But God always shows up. And he said, Paul, just be of good cheer. He said, because... Just like you testified of me in Jerusalem. That's your hometown. That's your, that, that's your, that's home field advantage. You know, Jerusalem. That's where you were brought up. You, you know about Jerusalem, but, but I'm going to get you away from where you're comfortable. You can't just stay at home. I need you somewhere. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send you to Rome. And you're going to testify of me there too. With the boat rocking. With the water coming in, with people freaking out and, and people trying to figure out how they're going to survive the storm and, and getting tossed around, people seasick, can't eat, can't do nothing because it's dark and it's stormy. And in the middle of all that, God said, but it'll come to pass. Whatever's rocking your boat today, you just listen for the voice of the Lord. Whatever you're going through today, you just listen for the voice of the Lord because he's trying to tell you, just be of good cheer. Because ultimately what I want is for my purpose to be fulfilled. If I have to go through the storm to get that, that'll be fine. Just let me have my purpose. I just don't want to be the one that rides the, goes into the middle of the storm and then gives up halfway through. And fights and struggles for a while in the storm, but then just resolves themselves to, hey, I'm just going to drown. I'm just going to give up. But he said, so must. When Jesus says must, it must happen. God doesn't always give you the details of the in-between. He doesn't always tell you what's going to happen from point A to point B. 
But he meets you at point A and says, you will get to point B. However he chooses. David said, it might be through the valley of the shadow of death before you get to the table that's prepared in the presence of your enemy. He may tell you where you're going, but he won't tell you the path you're going to walk to get there. And he might not even tell you about the things you're going to face. You could talk to Joseph and maybe get an understanding of what it is to, to have a promise spoken to you at an early age and, and dreams given to you straight from the throne of how you would uh, rise up and, and be a ruler and, and then all of a sudden find yourself in a pit where no water is. Well, then you may find the hand of God blessing you while you're in captivity, but then you get lied on and cast into the dungeon or something you didn't even do. You got, you're, you're in the dungeon because you were being faithful to God. Joseph was in prison because he was faithful to God. He said, God forbid that I should do this thing with, with Potiphar's wife. I can't go against God. And so they threw him in prison because he was standing for God. And even met people in prison. and was good to them. Remember me when you get out of here. That old butler, he said, man... I forgot about that fellow. He asked me to remember him and get him out of this place. So Joseph knows a little, about, a little bit about what it's like to go through the process. But sometimes you're going to have to go through some things before you stand in front of the king. We all want to go to the throne and we all want to stand in front of the king. But sometimes you're going to go through the pit and through the prison before you get to the palace. I think we need to lift our hands for just a moment and just start talking to God. Because there's a spirit in here trying to stop your ears up this morning and trying to discourage you from hearing the word of the Lord. Last time I preached, God gave me a message for the people, for the saints of God that are going through things. And he's reminding you one more time today that God's got a purpose for you and that he doesn't lie, that he doesn't trick, that he doesn't fool people. But what he wants, he wants to see it happen. He's ready and willing to work. God cannot lie. His desire is to completely fulfill and see you keep the faith and finish your course. And Paul, who had once been an enemy of the church, was now preaching for the church, the greatest evangelist the church had ever seen. And he's going and he's testifying and preaching he's being shipwrecked and stoned and left for dead and all kind of great things are happening to him he just keeps going he doesn't give up he just keeps preaching he's got churches to care for and things to do but he just keeps going and now he finds himself in the middle of this storm but I think that it's for that reason that he wrote words like this in Philippians 1 and 6 that being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's when everything's in. That's when time is no more. That's when it ends. When we get to him, no more tears, no more heartache, no more trials, no more tests, and, and no more preaching. Don't have to study to get another message. Don't have to pray nobody back through the Holy Ghost. Don't have to reach for no more lost. One day all that ends. But until that time, whether it's fiery furnaces or roaring lions, whether it's sickness or fiery darts, God has intentions of seeing me all the way through. Whether it's dark night and storms and, and trials and tests and heartache and depression and pain, God says, I know you're going to go through it right here. It's going to be a storm. It's going to toss you around. It's going to cause people around you to doubt what's going on. But I'm telling you today that I am intending on seeing you make it all the way home. I intend on blessing you and being with you. And in the middle of the darkest part of the night, when it gets worse than everybody else thinks all hope is lost, I'm going to say, be of good cheer. Because there ain't been a storm created yet that could keep you from my purpose. Oftentimes, it is right after we get that word of God that things begin to get worse. 
It is right after. I've seen it happen many times over the years and even lately that after God spoke into people's lives that it looked like all hell on earth broke loose in their life. Because the enemy, he don't just throw one little old thing. You know, he, we, when we think about fiery darts, he's not like, he, he's not playing a game of darts. When they talk about darts, they talk about them, them arrows. You ever seen how they would, those old battles or scenes in old battles, they've got a whole company of archers. And they all let back at one time and thousands of flaming arrows are flying over the wall trying to take people out. And, and that's what's coming at you. That kind of stuff's happening. And God's saying, but the shield of faith will quench the fiery dart. Don't lose faith in me. When it looks like fire is raining down from the enemy, just pull that shield of faith up and, and rest assured. Not even one can get through because the shield of faith will quench the fiery dart of the enemy. Let me tell you, take that shield of faith because you can't hit them with, you can't, you ain't supposed to try to swat them with the sword. Oh, I got the word. Why am I, where'd this arrow come from? Don't leave none. Don't leave none of that arsenal behind. Make sure you've got the shield of faith. So you can quench the fiery darts. See, God knows that the enemy will attack your faith. Oh, Peter, Satan has desire to have you. Now, why didn't Satan ever mess with Peter while he was fishing? He didn't have the keys to the kingdom when he was fishing. He didn't have the revelation while he was fishing. But as soon as he got the revelation, and as soon as he got the keys... Simon, Satan has desired you to sift you. Ah, he wants to get your faith broke down. He wants to tear you up. He wants to make you a nervous person where you can't. He wants to take your boldness away. He wants to take your authority away. He wants to uh, get your, your hand shaking so bad you can't use the keys. He wants to stop you. He said, but I have prayed for you. Not that you wouldn't cry. Oh, I, Lord, I, I'm just crying with this dry these tears. No, I ain't going to pray for you so you stop crying. I'm not going to pray for you so you'll stop praying. He said, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. While you're crying, I want you crying under that shield of faith. While you're screaming and crying out, I want you screaming and crying out under the shield of faith. I don't want you screaming out, looking at arrows about to hit you. But you'll just... Jesus, get me through this. Oh, God, I want to make it all the way home. I want to make it through my purpose. And so he didn't pray for him to go have another revival. He didn't pray for him about winning. So he said, I'm praying that your faith fails not because if your faith stops, everything else stops. Because we walk by faith. You stop moving when faith stops. You live the just shall live by faith. You, you, you can't uh, live your life in me ends when faith stops. And, 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 uh, and so I need Peter most of all. I don't want you to lose your faith. Yes. You got to trust me. Because you, you think Jesus didn't already know what Peter was going to do. He knew that Peter was going to deny him. And he's like, and it's so bad because Peter loves me so much. And Peter is so zealous. He's a little too zealous sometimes. He even rebuked me once. But, you know, uh, and I had to set him straight. But Peter loves me so desperately that he will cut off a man's ear when they try to take me. I have to stop him again. And he has just swore to me, I will not. If everybody else denies you, I won't deny you. He said, this would be such a crushing blow if he didn't have his faith. Let me tell you, your mistakes would end you if you didn't have your faith. You're going to make mistakes. Though a good man fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Because the hand of the Lord's in it. And the hand of the Lord was in Peter's life. So when you make a mistake, 
don't let go of your faith. I've said this before. I, I might make a mistake, but I don't want to quit living for God. I'd hate to know that I made one mistake and I can't never preach again. I'd hate to know that I made one mistake and I can't never baptize somebody or pray anybody through again. I'd hate to know that my ministry ended over one mistake. But when I made the mistake, I fell down and in faith I said, God, I'm sorry for what happened. And I had faith that he would restore me. Faith that he would forgive me. Faith that he would still use me. And so I'm still preaching today. You you think 23 years of ministry uh, makes you perfect. It makes you prayerful. That's what it makes you. It makes you prayerful. It, it, it makes you careful. It makes you prayerful. It makes you realize how delicate this thing is that you have. But you've got to know I can't lose my faith. First Corinthians 10 and 13 encourages us with this. That there has no temptation taken you. But such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Faithful to do what? He will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will. But will. But will. He's faithful and he will. With the temptation. Make a way to escape. That you may be able to bear it. Come on somebody. Did you see God knows what you're going through? He said, but with the temptation, I will make a way of escape. I'll make it where you can bear it. You may think, I don't know if I can get through this, but honey, if you'll trust God, you'll get through it. It might be the hardest trial you've ever faced. But let me tell you something. If you'll just hold on to the shield of faith, if you'll just keep trusting the word of the Lord, if you'll believe the must that God spoke into your life, he preserved in you for a purpose, and he intends on seeing that purpose fulfilled. We must remember that God is faithful. Sarah was promised a child in her old age and it happened, it said, because she judged him faithful who had promised. She said, I know in my mind this can't happen. I know that everybody else sitting around thinks it can't happen. I know me and Abraham scratching our head wondering how this is going to happen. But let me tell you, honey, it happened. It happened because God can do it. And she judged God faithful. Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen in our old age, but it's going to happen. Because she judged him faithful who promised no matter what we face. Look at your neighbor and say, no matter what. If God says must, then it's going to happen. If God says must, then it will happen. When we pick up Paul's shipwreck or this storm in Acts 27, verse 13. There's a few points in here that's going to help you see how to make it through the storm. In Acts 27 and 13, it says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing from thence, they sailed close by Crete. And then not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. When you got a storm so bad, you got to name it. Sometimes it's a person's name, ain't it? He said, but not long after. He said, see, we supposing that we had obtained our purpose, we let loose the sail. And it wasn't long after purpose that the storm came. It's never long. The enemy don't wait around too long. He said, it's better to hit you while you're young. It's, it's better to hit you... Uh, unaware because let me tell you as soon as you get that word from God you're like oh yeah I've been praying for that (laughs) (laughs) oh God just called me to missions God called me to preach um I have a warrant for your arrest you're going to jail what uh those tests came back and wasn't good. You call me to preach. 
now I got cancer. It's because God knows you can make it through cancer. God knows you can make it through because he's going to be with you. And so he said it wasn't long, not long after. Here come the storm. So let me just remind you what Peter said. Think it not strange. The fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing. If you get a word from God like that, you better just go ahead and put your life preserver on. Because you're about to get in the middle of the storm. You're going to get hit from every side. But remember, remember, don't, don't let the storm uh, wash away what you just heard. But God is faithful who will. God is faithful who will. Make a way of escape so that you can bear the temptation. So now... They began to, to sail. They said, running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. You don't stop working in the middle of the storm. If you want to make it out, you go ahead and start working. He said, we had much work to do. We had a lot to do because we was in the middle of the storm. He said, and when we had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing Lest they should fall in the quicksand, straight sail. They were so driven. We're working to keep this thing going. Don't stop doing what God called you to do. Don't stop walking and wait for God. Just keep working. God will show up. Don't get down in the bottom of the boat and curl up and say, I'm just going to hang on till you get here. Keep working in the middle of the storm. Keep preaching in the middle of the storm. Keep praying in the middle of the storm. Keep fasting. Keep worshiping. Keep singing. Keep doing. Keep going to church. Don't stop in the middle of the storm. God's got a purpose. And he said, and we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. The next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Let me tell you, there's times that the storm... The only time they would do something like that was in a storm because they had to lighten the load. Sometimes the reason your storm seems like it's about to get the best of you is because God's trying to get you to throw some things overboard. But I started out with this and these things are necessary for the ship. They ain't helping nothing right now. If that ship makes it through the storm at the next port, we'll pick up some more tackling. We'll pick up the things we need. But right now, this has got to go. There might be some things in your life that might need to go so you can be spared in the middle of the storm. Paul said you may have to lay aside some weight and some sin that will so easily beset you. Oh, oh, tackling's expensive. Is it worth your life? Throw it overboard. A captain probably, you know, he's like, hey, hey, I, I got to give account for all this stuff. You can't count nothing if you're dead. Throw it overboard. Get rid of it. Don't hold on to nothing that's going to drag you down. Don't hold on to nothing that's going to kill you. Let it go. God's got you in this storm. And the only time they start throwing stuff like that overboard is in the storm. Because it was a way to survive it. It helped lighten the ship. So even if it seems obvious that what you are Working on will be destroyed. If this looks certain, it's not going to survive. You keep working. You keep trusting. You keep believing. Your ship is there for a reason. But it might only be there for a season. You hear what I'm saying? You're on that ship right now, but that doesn't mean it's going to be there to last. You have a purpose. And your purpose will outlast the storm. Your purpose will outlast many ships. There is a must that has been put on you by the king of kings and he will preserve you for that purpose. What you're going through is tough, but you don't give up because even if the ship goes down, your purpose is still there. All right. It says, in the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us. It didn't let up. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. This is not Paul talking. This is Luke who's writing things down. 
This is what he's saying. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, somebody that had not let go of faith. And he begins to recount what he had heard back in Acts 23. Sir, you should have loosed or hearkened unto me and not loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. He's just passing on the word of the Lord. Be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. That's an important statement right there. That there will be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Loss of ship does not mean loss of life. It may put you in a place you don't want to be. Nobody wants to be floating out in the middle of the ocean, treading water in a storm, hanging on uh, to a piece of wood or lumber, trying to survive with who knows what swimming around up under you. It might put you in a dark place, in a scary place, in a place that now the danger of your passing has increased dramatically. But let me assure you that loss of ship does not mean loss of life. Loss of ship, let me say it like this, does not mean loss of ministry. Come on, somebody. Too many people taking themselves out of the race because uh, the ship they started on went down. But loss of ship doesn't mean loss of, of ministry, and it does not mean loss of purpose. The ship breaking up didn't stop Paul's purpose. It didn't stop what God had for him. All that storm, all that rain, all that fear, all that doubt didn't stop Paul from believing that God said it would be like this. And I believe God. He said in verse 25, he said, be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. How be it we must be cast upon a certain island whenever your ship is gone. Let me just say this. Let me skip down and then I will come back. Even though Paul tells people, nobody's dying, but we're going to lose the ship. In verse 31, there were people who said, let's just get into the, we're going to drop anchor. We're going to let down the lifeboat and we're getting out of this thing. And Paul said, except you abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. You don't have to jump ship. You got a word from God. He said, I believe God. He said, I believe it'll be just like God told me. Hey, what? It wasn't no parrot flew by and dropped me a message. But the angel of God, whose I am, stood by me this night and said, Hey, Paul, you're going to make it. I know I told you, but I wanted to just come remind you so you could remind somebody else and tell them this you ain't got to jump ship. Just because the storm's getting rough. Matter of fact, if you jump ship, you're going to die. You ain't got to jump ship. You got a word from God that's preserving your life, preserving your ministry, preserving your purpose. Why would you ever doubt God and jump ship and give up on living for Him? I've seen people turn away and walk away from God because things got rough, but God promised. He didn't call you to just be preach for a little while. He put that calling on you for your life. When he saved you and washed you, he made you his to be the light of the world for the rest of your life. To be a witness for him for the rest of your life. Don't jump ship. Don't give up. Because even if that ship goes down, God has got a place for you. Some ships will only carry you so far. They were only meant to. My wife and I and my family, we had a very rough time years ago when our pastor died. The church that he had been pastoring for 40-something years, 47 years. And, and I worked with him in that church and I labored with him in that church and I loved that church and I just thought, we're going to be here till the Lord comes back. And I would have been fine. Because I loved that church and I loved those people. And, and we thought, I, I, as a matter of fact, I never thought he would die. I thought the Lord would come back before he died. And I just thought, we're going to be in this church. We're going to be going. We're going to be working. And, and uh, for, for the, the 10 years that we was there, from the time I come into the church to the time that he passed, we saw so many great things and great victory. And so I never once thought anything else. This was my home church. This is where I'll be. This is how it'll be forever. But then he died. 
And the ship broke up. And it sank. And I thought, while I was treading water and holding on to broken pieces, like many of us did, what are we going to do now? Where do we go from here? But as much as I love that place, it didn't make, that tragedy did not make me want to stop serving God. There's no way to replace what that place put in me. And it carried me as long as it could. God said, the only way to get you to a certain island... See, God told Paul, said, this ship's only meant for a little while, but I got somewhere else you need to be. I got somewhere else you need to go. And if this boat keeps floating, you ain't going to get there. And so, now I'm not saying God broke that place up just for me. It, it broke up because it broke up. But that didn't stop my purpose, and it didn't stop the calling that God put on mine or any of these other people's lives. It was horrible, it was heartbreaking, and it hurt. For a long time, it hurt. But then I realized, hey, even if it was still going on, I would have never stayed there. Because God had a church that needed to be planted here. This is the ship that God wanted us in. And so, what I'm saying is that just because that ship that you're on is going down, it don't mean there won't be another ship. Because you've got a certain island to be cast down onto. And whatever land that you land on is promised. God told him there's an island. It's where God wanted him to be. And Paul knew about it before he ever saw it. So he told him, hey guys, we're losing the boat. We're going to land. All of us. And so when I read that, I think before Paul ever saw it, he knew about it. So that tells me that God had plans for his preservation. What if Paul can't swim? Is that very wise to throw him in the midst of the ocean? No matter if he can swim or not. God's going to get him to that island. I'm sure there was a lot of people in that boat probably couldn't swim. Scratching and clawing, hanging on to barrels or whatever else they could hang on to. Trying to make it to land. But it said they all made it to land. Just like God said. See, God means what he says. You have a purpose and God's going to perform it. God knows that you are of value to him. He puts something in you, an anointing, a calling, a gifting that this world needs. And so Paul gets to this island and guess what? He don't just sit there huddled on the beach burning a fire for SOS. He overcomes the enemy, shakes the snake off in the fire. They see miracles. They start laying hands on people and seeing sick recovered. They go to these barbarians never heard about Jesus, start talking about Jesus, praying for people, pray for the chief, and he gets healed. And then all these people on the island take real good care of them till the next ship comes by. Paul don't stay on that island because he's got somewhere to go. That island wasn't Rome, but it was a stepping stone between Jerusalem and Rome. Remember, God is faithful you have a way of escape. Yes. Paul probably got excited about having church with these barbarians. Look at all these people who've never heard about Jesus, and I'm getting to tell them. And he's healing the sick and doing all kinds of things, and they're just taking great care of them, feeding them, shelter, clothing, whatever they need. And then here comes another ship, and he says, I got to go because this is not where God called me to stop. I got to get to Rome. The storm will not finish you, my friend. You hear me? The storm will not finish you. But it will propel you toward your purpose. Everything that happened in Paul's storm just got him closer to where he was supposed to go. You you, you see, he never had any lack of forward progress. Most of the time our forward progress stops on our account. You got to keep going. You got to keep pushing got to keep moving. It's just like a, a running back. When they hand the ball off to him, he always gets hit at the line of scrimmage. But a good running back keeps driving. 
keeps him legs going, keeps driving. He's going he's gonna to fight and get that extra yard. He's going to get that first down. He's going Because he knows that you can hit me, but I ain't stopping. You can hit me, but I'm, I'm going to run over you. I'm going to keep going. Because i got a goal in mind. I'm going to keep going until I cross the goal. You know, a, a running back that never scores a touchdown ain't staying with a team too long. But them that, that keep making it across that goal line, that's the ones that keep, keep giving the ball to him because it don't matter how many times they hit him, he just keeps going. Yes. They wore Herschel Walker out up here in Athens, Georgia, but some of y'all remember that, that name. Uh, it, every play, wonder who they're going to give the ball to. <laughs> to the man that runs over everybody or leaps over them or flips over or flies over them, you know. And that's the way God is with you. He, he keeps giving you the ball. God, why do you keep giving me this? Because I know you can make it. If I didn't have confidence in you, I wouldn't give this gifting to you. I wouldn't give this calling to you. I wouldn't keep waking you up telling you to pray for somebody if I didn't know that you had power in your prayer. I wouldn't keep giving sermons to you if I didn't think you had the power to deliver them. I wouldn't send you to another country if I didn't think you could make a difference. Couldn't make a difference. I'd do it because I know that you can. And God preserves you. You can stand with me. So, we start out with God making a promise. Hey, Paul, be a good cheer. For just as you have testified me, just as you testified of me in Jerusalem, so must you testify of me in Rome. So, sis, put Acts 28 and 16 up there for me so we can read this part together just read the first line and when we came to Rome now where did, where did God say he was going you can answer but didn't he go through a storm didn't they get shipwrecked? Didn't he get bit by a serpent? Where'd he go? Because God said he would. He said, You must testify of me in Rome. And when God says you must, you must. And so, maybe physically in his body he was a little worse for the wear, but his faith was high when he walked into that city because he knew no matter what I went through God got me here Woo! the enemy tried to stop me but God got me here come on you know what Jesus said I'm going away to prepare a place that where I am you can be also in one day there's going to be a line written that says and when we came to the gate when we stepped into the city and you're going to think, say, whoo, the devil tried to stop me. Many fiery darts were fired at me. Yes. I had sickness and I had heartache and I had shipwreck and I had fiery furnaces. But I'm stepping in. Well done, good and faithful servant. Way to carry that shield. Way to keep preaching. Way to keep singing. Way to keep worshiping. Way to keep believing. And when he says that, that's what he's meaning. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. In his mind, he can see everything you kept doing. When you was knocked flat on your back, when you was crying all by yourself in the church and pulling your hair out and beating on the floor, but you got up and dusted off and kept going anyway because you believed that it would be just like God promised. I've had people promise things that didn't come to pass. But when God speaks something into your life, it comes to pass. When God says it'll happen, it comes to pass. And it might not come in the time that I want it or the time that you want it, but it'll come on the right time. So don't discount the storm. Don't despise your island. You're still moving forward. Don't put more credit to those things than it's worth them. They can't stop you. You just walk on top of them. 
when you got faith, you can just walk on top of them. As long as Peter had faith and kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on the very thing that would drown him. It's when he lost his faith that he began to sink. So just as Paul was preserved, protected, and propelled to his purpose, you're going to be too. It's going to happen for you. So today, I'd like all that are called according to his purpose. That's everybody, in case you don't know. We are called according to his purpose. I want you to come and stand in this altar this morning and lift your hands. And I want you to say it out loud. I believe God. Because I know that the storm is blowing in your life. But the enemy needs to hear you say, I believe God. I believe it's going to be all right. I want everything you say from this point till we leave to be positive. I'm going to make it. God is faithful who promised. God's going to make a way. And I want you to start receiving it into your spirit. It might have been a while since God promised, but it's still coming to pass. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Let me tell you, God's got a purpose for you. God's got a purpose for you. Praise God. You will make it through. You are going to overcome. You will be victorious. God will preserve you for your purpose. Come on, somebody. Begin to lift your voice to the Lord. Speak it out. I'm going to make it. My ship's getting rocked, but I'm going to make it. Come on, let's pray. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. Release faith in this building right now. the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast help me stand in the hollow of your hand keep somebody by the hand turn around and pray for somebody and just start telling them start speaking you're going to make it it's not over this is not the end there ain't a wall that you 